Well, hello. Uh, <laughs> this is Chaz Emmerich, uh, and uh, this is the inaugural podcast for which we do not have, have a name yet. Uh, I'm with Snowtide Informatics, and you can find me at snowtide.com or muckandbrass.com, and we're going to go around the room, and people can introduce themselves, and then we're going to figure out what we're going to do. Uh, I'm Gerard Gualberto. Um, I work at uh, Tierra Innovation, Tierra Innovation, dash innovation.com. Or me at receivebacon.org. .org. .org. They'll love that. Yeah. I'm an organization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not for profit. Yeah. Receiving profit. <laughs> I'm Doug Martin. Uh, actually, Chaz and I do another podcast called foundercast.com, which is awesome. And you should check it out. Uh, my name is Miles. I work for the Cooley Dickinson Healthcare Corporation. Why is that funny? What's your serial number, man? <laughs> I'm Lou Franco, and I work for Talisoft. Okay, so um, a slight bit of backstory, which will bore everyone, but uh, uh, I wanted to start a podcast for the longest time because I'm sort of a podcast junkie, but uh, didn't really have the have the uh, uh, wherewithal to get going and then uh, Doug uh, thought of the idea for starting uh, Foundercast um, which uh, has been I think we've cut six episodes so far five um, or six yeah and um, uh, we do that with uh, Paul Hake from Hit Point Inc. now um, and uh, uh, you know that was that was pretty enjoyable and so I thought well hell I should get together a couple of friends and do a real podcast, you know, talk about technical stuff, and then God knows what else, and uh, have a little more freeform something or other going on. So um, we're actually uh, we all know each other through the Western Mass Developers Group, uh, WMassDevs.com, uh, which is just a group of developers in Western Massachusetts that talk about anything that we want uh, when we get together uh, every two weeks, uh, usually at Panera and Hadley. Uh, it's all glamorous and everything. So, <laughs> it's more like a bunch of people having coffee at the same Wi-Fi time. Wi-Fi yeah, and yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. Bad Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, bad Wi-Fi. So, uh, we don't have any uh, preset topic, but uh, we generally don't have any problem, you know, talking about things. So, but I have a couple of topics, uh, one of which that is timely anyway. Um, uh, I wonder if I'll get this up online in any kind of timely way. But um, there was a blog post, did you guys see this, from... Uh, Spolsky on Inc. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then and then the thirty seven signals yeah. response. I, I've only read the response, so I'm not. <coughs> so because <laughs> you're a fanboy of the signal. <laughs> I just you, you know I Joel is he's he got Insta paper that I just haven't taken the time to read it yet. Yeah. So so a quick rundown is that uh, uh, Joel Spolsky uh, has his column on Inc. That um, he he said he was basically. He's basically scared shitless of Atlassian, although he doesn't mention them by name, as uh, because they're growing so much faster than uh, than Fog Creek is, and he feels like he's uh, or he fears that he's taking the wrong route, and going the slow growth, uh, taking the, the uh, slow growth path as opposed to the fast growth path. So he doesn't um, think it has anything to do with his product. Uh, he does. He says that uh, one of the big problems, is, or not a problem, but one of the reasons they've been losing is that uh, uh, this amorphous competitor, which he leaves unnamed, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, uh, just has so many more features. They just sort of have the kitchen sink. 
Right, right. Or he's been honing some some few critical features to perfect it. Yeah, he's been polishing that little pearl. So I mean, it's the whole sweet product. Yeah. So there's more than what he does. So there's a there's a lot of issues with his with his premises, I think. But then uh, either the same day or the day after, I think it was this morning. uh, This morning being the morning of November fifth, oh nine. Remember, remember. Some guy from Thirty Seven Signals wasn't one of the. It was David. David. It was David. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it oh. was DH. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he had a blog post saying bug tracking isn't a network effect business. Basically saying that Joel should calm down and yeah. uh, you know not worry about things so much because he can make sales of his software on its own merits as opposed yeah. to worrying about you know what other people are using. Which right. People. What people won't choose. Product because necessarily because it's very popular. Yeah, yeah because pick on big we know that never happens. But it's not glitzy. Yeah. It's when not, I when I read, I was like, everything's a network effect business. Yeah. The thing takes plugins. Yeah. You know, why would I write a plugin for something that doesn't have a, a customer base? I mean, what form support am I getting? You know, from the rest of the community, everything has some kind of network effect. He's right that it doesn't have the massive network effect that like eBay has, but. Everything has network effects. I yeah, mean, I mean, you're, you're creating a market. Yeah, I mean, I guess you are thinking about you are creating a market of third party of interest. They are. They both are. They yeah. both. They, they both. I mean, Fogbug's latest, the latest version now has plugins. Has right. a whole plugin system. But you don't really so. connect your bug tracker to another person's bug tracker. No, but the like network effect just me, just means like if another person adopts this platform, I benefit from that. Well, so, oh, I say so that's you, one you way of thinking about plugin developer. Yeah, well, no, no. If, you, I, if, if he adopts it and I adopt it, a plugin developer is a lot more likely to emerge. Right, of because market. of the bigger market. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely true. I mean, I feel like that, that it has a network effect. Maybe not the eBay one, but definitely something. But did you read Dustin Curtis's uh, most recent blog post hey, about network? He, he, he was saying, uh, maybe what, you know, I, it might be not be as recent as I thought. I just read it yeah. recently. He was talking about American Airlines yeah. and their crappy service. And he, like, kind of sums it up but he's, by saying the entire customer service is, uh, is a network effect. So if you have a good customer mm-hmm. service experience from top to bottom, people will tell other people, you know, mm-hmm. I had a really good experience. And thus, to create this network of people saying positive things about yeah. your company. But I think what he was also—I think he's getting at something similar. What every product yeah. has a network effect, and you'd be foolish to ignore it. Yeah. This is that incompetence of American Airlines oh, and yeah, the fatal yeah, misdirection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he complained about American Airlines. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, he complained about the website. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the designer, the lead guy from American Airlines UI team on the website, said, "Well, you know, it's not entirely in our yeah. hands. We have—I have some constrictions here." Uh, Dustin Curtis posted a response to that and and the letter didn't mention the guy by name, but American Airlines went on their <coughs> mail servers and found found out who sent the message and fired oh, I, yeah. oh, I didn't know got fired that. within yeah. three hours of, yeah. of wow. the post. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's those assholes. Yeah, so the last installment pretty much says American Airlines sucks. Um, wow. Among their other problems. And, and at the end it says PS if you need a designer that's right. looking for one. And then and then and then so that happens. Like someone has a really horrible experience on the on the website. They write a blog, someone gets fired. Now random podcasts <laughs> start talking about it. For years. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm not flying American Airlines unless I yeah, have to. Exactly. Under a penalty of death, I will not take that airline. I just had American as a in the uh, leg room. I had uh, it like uh, 
what, eight years ago. I had a horrible experience. I can yeah. never fly American. Doug is eight feet tall, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see that. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I guess I, I'm, say, I'm saying I agree. I think everything's got to never perfect. Yeah. But that was a... the. But not, but not like, uh, but like Chad said, not like eBay or something. Right. Like yeah. enough people using fog, uh, fog bugs isn't gonna. I mean, I mean we could say to each other, fog bugs is a good product. I guess if I'm a third party developer, yeah. I'll want to pick the one with the bigger market. Right. But it's it's not like uh, instant messaging or something where the more right. people on your instant messaging network right. log in, the more yeah. useful your network is because the bigger it is. It's definitely not. Well, see, we used to use fog bugs. Yes, you did. I was and, surprised that you and, were using Atlassian's product. Well, see, what happened was is, uh, you know, we bought Fogbugs, uh, and it was it was the reasonable priced option then, and I'm all about budget as long as it gets the job done. Right. Um, but there were, it, it, it always had issues. I mean, it, you know, Joel has a lot of very uh, staunch opinions about how things should be done, and they've been polishing that little pearl of a product <laughs> to get just the right, you know, sort of workflow right, with bug right. tracking yeah, yeah. and all this they stuff. They've that lately. Right, right. It's totally abandoned. Right, right. Um, and I've always been, I, I was always irritated by that, but it was a great, you know, one-stop shop for everything that we needed. And then, um, and then it just got to the point where it just wasn't working. We started doing more agile development processes, and it was just really painful. And I saw what you guys went through with trying to do burndown charts in Excel through some, which isn't yeah. a big deal. All I do, yeah. all we, they support it now, but all we used to do is just like look, look for a report and type in a number into an Excel chart. I mean, yeah. it wasn't that hard. I mean, it's yeah. not hard, but yeah. that combined with all yeah. the funny stuff about the wiki and all the funny stuff about the mm. forms that hadn't been touched since, like, Fogbugs 3 at that point. And yeah. All that stuff. Are these bugs or just he wants you to do it a certain way, and if you don't do it that way, it's kind of painful? Hey, well, what I think it is is it does it that way, and he's really good at making it seem like that's it does it that way because that's the way we want it to be, and that's the right way. <laughs> uh, and then, after and the then, fact. And then, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he makes an argument that that's the right way. I mean, I have... The workflow thing is going to throw me crazy. Mm. It doesn't have any kind of control of the workflow, which I wouldn't even care about, except that the way it does it is, I think, totally wrong, which is <laughs> that the bug comes back to the the, the, the bug enterer yeah. as a final step, which is like completely wrong. Yeah. And I don't understand how they, they keep on insisting that that is the right way to do it because right. you know it basically makes people not want to enter in bugs if they have to even deal now? with it again. No, now you have total control. Oh, okay. Now, I mean, if you read, if you go back a little in, in Joel's blog, he has this whole thing about how the Fogbugs team does stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he finds out about it. He thinks, what are they doing? It's totally crazy. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. They actually are the ones talking to the customer. So they're putting in plug-in system, workflow, subcases, you know, all, you know, custom fields. Yeah. You know, like, it's like... Which he ranted about. Yeah, ranted, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, <laughs> yeah. so earlier this year... It's ironic that uh, that Dave... Yeah. Was it Hannah Meyer Hanson? Yeah. Chase, what's his name? It's ironic that he would be giving advice back to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Back to Joel yeah, about how he should stick to his gun and keep telling people <laughs> what they really want as opposed to what they think they're getting. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> could anybody pay anybody in this room enough money to be in the book tracking software business... <laughs> It seems like a horrible business, right? It's yeah. Awful! Like everyone has, except for the big dog, which is Atlassian at this point. And sure, they they have a they're sitting on a mint now. But everybody has such specific opinions on how their bug tracking system should work. Yeah, and and the only places I've worked at where we agree upon it is just someone 
way on high, says this is what we're using, and that's it. Atlassian is big, but TFS, I have to believe, is way bigger. Microsoft, TFS. Sure. And it's like... It's but a, that's, that's a billion dollar business. It's more. I know, it has bug tracking. It has yeah. whole process management and the source control. And but aren't isn't Atlassian trying to do all that too? Uh, no, Atlassian yeah. does not do source control. They okay. don't touch that with a ton. It's, it's interesting because Joel's adding in Mercurial. Mercurial, yeah. To, what do I pick Mercurial one? for? I know it's, that's because it's the. I mean, he had us all. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. Distributed. Oh, thanks, thanks for making that decision yeah. for us all. Yeah. We appreciate oh, so he has to pick one of the other. There's no lesson he's learned, though. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I think it's the most popular. Oh, no, it's the best, and it's what everyone should be using. So, <laughs> so is it, didn't, didn't. So just Eric, switch over. Eric you know? Sink also say something about Mercurial. Like, I'm not going to talk about Mercurial because Mercurial is so perfect, it's boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so there was That's a, a good th- product. Yeah. There I'm was a Stack it. Overflow podcast he was on that okay. Ericsic was on, yeah. and they were talking about uh, source control. And this is right then is when I realized that I can't really trust the slant that Joel is putting on anything. Well, I mean, I knew it before, but it was like right <laughs> in your face because he was acting on on that podcast. You know, Eric Sink, who uh, what's his company? They, source Gear. Source Gear. Um, you know, he does, he sells source control systems. Right. And so Joel was deferring to him about all the, you know, facts on the ground, that sort of thing. And was just acting like a total, very convincingly acting like an idiot with regard to source control. You know, he, well, so what's up with this thing called Git? You know, and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, and then, and then like two podcasts later, he said, oh yeah, we use Mer- Mercurial for everything. Yeah. And so, okay, but you were just... Two weeks ago, you were saying you didn't even know what these distributed version control systems are. So at that point, I knew that his slant wasn't. He was being the foil. Yes. Yeah. He was being yeah, the foil. He's playing, playing and so I wonder if that's what he's going on about with this ink article because it's when you read it and the tone that it has, it's an extreme. It, it's a very strong signal of weakness, saying, "Oh, we're screwed." He's basically saying, "Oh, we're screwed. We got to step up our game on every single level because we're going to yeah. get bowled over." It was just strange for someone who, for yeah, so many years, why would you, you want to admit that? Yeah. 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 As opposed to being the drum of, we've got new features, right. you know, this unnamed third party has some interesting uh-huh. things, and we are doing our, we are going yeah. to meet those and exceed those this quarter. And as as a customer of theirs, and, you know, and I know about it last year, and I actually didn't know what he could possibly be talking about when he was, when he wouldn't name the customer. I was like, who is he even talking about? Because, like, I, I had no idea that they were, that they, they've grown so large, and but when I read it, I, I didn't think, oh, I need to abandon ship on fog bugs or anything like that. Or right. I mean, there's a, there's a certain amount of trust you can gain by admitting, you know, you're not perfect. Well, you, yeah, to, to say something you know that would be a bad thing about yourself says like then you can trust me on everything else. So when he later says, oh, by the way, you know. You but know, I mean, fog bugs is better than nothing. He yeah. says is going to miss the ears of any software developer that's yeah. plugged into these sorts yeah. of things. And so, even though he he put that out in the in the context of Inc., yeah. which isn't you know frequented by we software developers itself, yeah. everybody who makes any kind of purchase decisions around bug trackers, unless it's you know forced from up on high, yeah. is going to see this and say, "What's going on there?" And we'll have these at least competitors. Look at these guys. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, we're all very practical. But he did, I mean, he did put them really down a bunch of times. I mean, you could say, like, he, it came from a position of weakness, but he did say a couple of times in the article how, that, how, that, how he thought that that competitor stuff was crappy. Yeah, yeah. It, well... They have too many products. And last is sort of a, is, is, is a great example of worse is better, because I remember yeah. looking at it 
four or five years ago, and it, I thought it was just trash. It was horrible. It, it, it was less than what track provides. Um, but but now when I when I looked at it earlier this year, I was just blown away. You know? Well, they keep splitting things off instead of having one product that does a zillion things. They keep breaking functionality into these smaller. Well, smaller and, products, and they've been acquiring and yeah, yeah. Because like fisheye is not is not particularly amazing, but then when it integrates with their yep. Jira for bug tracking and you know yeah. you can What's link it all together. The whole Jira just, thing uh, it lets you browse source code. For you said you use Jira because the only thing I ever had access or ever you know been in contact with is when Gerard and I would do some work for uh, Warner Brothers, and they use Jira. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, the bug reports that you email look like they're generated out of a mainframe. I mean, it's just like, and they just inundate you with these Jira reports. I don't know if it's the standard format or maybe they have an older version or something. The bug report, it's like this long, hmm. and it's just horribly formatted. It makes no sense. Well, I mean, I you, can, you, can, you can customize it to the nth degree, yeah. so they may have done that on purpose, or it could be an older version that yeah. was one of the versions I looked at and said, this is horrible. Um, but it was funny for me seeing that I never because we we continuously try to find it. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like <laughs> our holy grail of trying to find yeah. something that works for we do uh, for a kind of boutique consulting company because all these bug trackers are meant for products. Right. You know, you want to yeah. have this backlog of twenty thousand bugs right. and put all this stuff. It's like you know we've got like eight projects going simultaneously. Some are really three months long. Some are two weeks long. You know, and you got to have. Got to give. You don't want to do all this authentication and give people accounts that you have to take back again. You know, you don't want to freak them out with these humongous forms to fill in of like you know all this stuff. And then you want to be able to, you know, I know what we want to do is then be able to take that and rank it and like, and then show other people how we rank it and they can do their own ranking and kind of you know figure out which things are critical. Right. You know, have like a master dashboard by person and by project to see what people are working on and how much duration you have left on this. Yeah. And, and there's like nothing, at least that we can find, that's out there that does that. Well, the, the call tracker market had very similar products to the bug tracker market. And for a while, the call tracker market was booming. I remember it must Wait, have been... call tracker? Yeah, call tracker. Like, uh, well, you know, you have the bug tracker. You put a bug in mm-hmm. and someone else handles it. Well, a call tracker is very similar. Literally, but someone calls in. And you someone calls in, but it's not necessarily a bug. It could be any number of things. So when I was at Hewlett Packard, we were evaluating new call trackers. People would call it, oh, my password needs to be reset. You know, let's ship that off to that Unix admin team. So it handles any kind of call. And you can find out who's the bottleneck, who's doing well. I say, well, things go to desktop support and they sit there for months. Things go to NC platform and they get done in three days. Oh, and this is where all those reports come out of, you know, oh, they're they're handling, you know, uh, 12 tickets per hour and that sort of thing. <laughs> right, yeah. right, 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 right. And so uh, so we were evaluating them and at the time there was a lot of products and we were looking at two or three, we were looking at Remedy and Clarify and we were using an in-house product that was backed by, if you can believe it, Commercial Ingress. That's how old that product oh. was. Yeah, and this was 19, this was like 97, so that's sad. <clears throat> but, um, it's still there. Well, but we were, I'm looking at call trackers, uh, you know, like a year ago for my organization, and they've all gone out of business or been purchased by other companies who don't know what to do with the products. So they're, they're like, you know, there's, you can still get remedy, but it's very way, way, way at the back of this company's website. There's no real information on it, there's no sales number to call. So something happened where these products got too complicated or too segmented and the bottom just fell out of their market. People like, you know, pen and paper or emails through exchange are just as good. So I mean more Salesforce. The more the more yeah. the more features they get, the more people look at reports like 
Doug's talking about, and they're like, Jesus, this is too complicated. I can't get into it. So, I mean, I think, I guess what I'm saying is Joel, I, I can see what Joel's, when Joel says this is the way it's going to be done, this, this is the way it has to happen, I don't care, really, if you don't like it, change your workflow. I can kind of <laughs> understand where he's coming from because companies that were super customizable, people would get the product and be like, what do I do? I can't hire any more consultants. I already paid yeah. you. I mean, one thing that dollars. happens with Fogbugs is out of the box, you install it, it does have all of Joel's preferences in it. Yeah. So that it so works. So it is set up. And it works. You yeah. can use it that way. And then only when you decide that, you know, that you want it differently do you have to buy in. Like, th- think there is a, a, a pretty good use of progressive UI where, like, as you decide you need things, they become, you can make them available. And that otherwise, it's a pretty clean screen. Yeah, I think Jira is, is a little, maybe a little too complicated. We rolled it out to uh, analysts that work on the interface engine, and uh, they had trouble filling in the forms and figuring out what they were doing. Oh, these oh, are end users, though, right? Well, they're in between. They do, like, they they don't really think of themselves as, as programmers or developers, but they do, like, open tickle scripts and make changes. In some cases, I'll write a tickle script from scratch. You know, Tickle scripts. Maybe. Tickle. Yeah, they're all tickle. It's all tickle all time. Awesome. There's like three of them. They each have their own big tickle book. Some some are newer editions than others. None of them, <laughs> none of them are accurate to the version of tickle they're actually using. <laughs> it's, a little, it's, a, it's, it's kind of funny because there is no book on the version of tickle they're using. It's bundled with the product and uh, yeah. it's, there's been a lot of changes. Uh, AOL server? What is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's uh, well, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'll get, I don't know I'll if I'll get in trouble. Oh, forget it. Yeah. No, it used to be Cloverleaf, but now it's Quivotics. Yeah, when so I was at Britannica, all of our stuff was in Tickle yeah. because we initially used uh, yeah, AOL so, server. Right. And plus, the, the people that kind of developed it, we had a we had a division or a division. There was like twelve guys <laughs> uh, that was out of San Diego that Britannica bought that were CD-ROM developers, and that was the Britannica CD-ROM system. And they all went to UCSD, which is like the home of Tickle. The, I forgot the guy's name. Yeah, The guy yeah. that created Tickle. He's, he's, he's like still a retire. professor there. He didn't retire from fresh. I think he just he just said he wasn't going to be like the lead Tickle yeah. guy anymore. So anyway, yeah, it was all Tickle. <laughs> we had these Tickle scripts that were crazy. Parsing stuff, and, you know, it's like... <laughs> they wanted me to write a Tickle script. They wanted to... Uh, they wanted to have something that would receive a certain type of result as it came over the engine and log it so that they could use it, they could report against it later on. Because what happens is people say, well, you know, this thing, this this result never came through. I don't know what happened. Um, and so their initial suggestion was that I just write it all in Tickle so that they could just plug it right in. I was like, you know, I think I'll write enough Tickle so I can spooge it out to somewhere else and I'll handle it on my own, you know. Like, really? Tickle's great. Like, no, that's, that's okay, man. That's okay. I've never written a line of tickle before, yeah. but I yeah, know not to. Yeah. Well, I guess it's probably not bad. I mean, but yeah. it's just it's not exciting. It's tickle or tickle TK? Oh, yeah, yeah. T- is tickle TK is TK the, the toolkit. gooey toolkit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wrote. Yeah, yeah. Tick enter, tick tick enter. Is that what you call it? Yeah. It's no PHP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a good or bad thing? It's no shoes. Shoes. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> right, tickle. Right, I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. All there are, are arrays, right? Arrays of single values. I, don't know. I, I, don't I can know. believe it because it's yeah. com- it's very it's not it's you know it's been around for a while. Arrays and single so, values. That's yeah. the only Bullshit. data structures <laughs> that you have to deal with. But I could be completely oh, wrong. Yeah. 
What else you got? I forget what we were talking about. That arc was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was the only like the the only reason I knew that was DHH is because he dropped the uh, f bomb. Oh yeah, his yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. How did I, I not know it was DHH? It says Murphy. No, oh, that's the latest comment by Murphy. David yeah. Ice. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I always tell by the F bombs. Yeah, yeah. I started reading it before I looked, and I thought for sure it was Jason because of the I'm so offended that you would try to build your company angle of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, was he the one who wrote the article about men and how they were such selfish yeah, yeah. losers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was that was. I can't believe that you would try to grow your company beyond your. How whatever. dare you sell yeah. it to the And then it ended up being right. David on the F-bomb. Enjoy yeah. your <laughs> I had to go up and back. scroll up to see who it was. <laughs> Speaking of, they have a podcast now. Did you guys listen to it? I have not. First episode no. this week. I still have it in my browser. It's, I haven't subscribed to it. I hit play, but I... I, I, I consider them... It's like a company I, newsletter. I consider them our main competitor right now, then, to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I got... Yeah, I started yeah. playing it, and I was paying attention for a little bit, and oh. something happened. Uh, it was like two-thirds through it, and I was like, what happened? I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> anyway. Uh... Okay. What's your next topic? <laughs> <laughs> I just have a bunch of random things that That's I've cool. been writing down. Yeah, because no, that sounds great. Be- because I started, you know, I started blogging seriously like a month ago or something, and so I've been consciously trying to keep track of these. Yeah, things. I keep putting that off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I follow it, but then I'm, but then I don't follow it. What yeah, I read, them I just I don't up work in closure, so I'm always kind of like, mm, okay, now you lost me. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. well, yeah, no, the the uh, last one I did was very. I mean, it's not deep, but, but but fundamental stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I try to do a mix because I did a did a market, you know, well, whatever. No one can throw I some, throw some red meat to no the micro news. Actually, us. actually, I, it causes reactions at my company because I'm talking about the. Um, I'll I'll, uh, I'll introduce the next topic. So you had a blog about how, uh, what was it? So what would you call it? Something with the future. The, uh, uh, I don't remember. Wow. Oh, it was, reducing sales anxiety is a feature or something like that. Uh, right? Re- yeah, right. Reducing purchase, purchase anxiety. Reducing purchase anxiety is a feature, right. which is which was at muckandbrass.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I read it and I was immediately going to write, oh, I can, I'm going to write a blog response to this blog because I have something to say about this. Because our company has a 30 day money back guarantee, and we, as far as I know, always had. And I was like, this will be awesome. So I, you know, I go to look at our website and I'm like, and you know, I'm like, where's the 30 day? And we still have it. We still had it. We had the whole time. It just somehow it, it didn't make it through some. It just cycled through into some, the, somehow it's not on. Like I, I talked to page. everybody who could possibly care about it, and we all agreed that we had it. Of course we had it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was like, so that was just kind of funny because like you know. And everyone, you know, communicates that we have it. Just I wanted to point to a place on our site that had that said it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find that. So it doesn't I, say it on the box. Yeah, I have to put it on the box and then write the blog. <laughs> but it was there at one point. But then I think we changed our shopping cart, and somehow it ended mm-hmm. up getting taken off. So I mean, we, like I said, I mean, we've never had a single refund request. Yeah. But I had, I had. Um, I had someone ask about, you know, what would happen if we didn't like it once we put it into, pr- yeah. into production. And then, like, the next day, I listened uh, back to the Swolsky thing that uh, there there was a Stack Overflow podcast where they yeah. were talking about how pissed, um, what's the other guy's name? 
Atwood. Atwood. Oh, right. He, he was just, uh, just Flicker. How, yeah, just how pissed he was at Flicker that they didn't refund his money after he you know, bought a membership five minutes prior. <coughs> and wow. Uh, wow. Uh, I guess you could just do a book. Yeah, yeah, dispute. But but it's the principle of the thing, and he was just so pissed off by it, and so now he trashes Flickr all the time. And so I said, well, between the two things, I said, well, let's let's get something out there. And so I put it up there, and then, um, and then I started writing the blog post, and it just, you know, I'm, I, I have, I'm incapable of writing anything that's short, I guess. Uh, And so, you know, I started going into all sorts of stuff about open source and proprietary stuff, and anyway. Yeah, I mean, anyone gets can get any, pretty much anyone can get any refund they want. I mean, if if you're a big company, you accept not even that big. If you accept POs, mm-hmm. right? Like anyone can have their refund as soon as they, as, as long as they're willing to fight the PO. Right. And and anybody who buys on a credit card can can have it. So to me, it's like it doesn't seem any point not to have it. Because yeah. like if they want it, they'll have it. All they have to do is exercise. Yeah, you're only making them angry. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't see any reason not, not to have it. I think for business apps, it makes sense. I mean, people are going to go through a purchasing decision, right? Yeah. Right. So it's, I think for consumer apps, it's a little bit different. And Especially lower, lower ends, yeah, consumer mm-hmm. software. Well, if you think they buy that anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I, probably I, have I, a lot higher return rate. Somebody at Yahoo probably said it's not worth us to pay someone to answer calls. So yeah. we're just not going to do Oh, he talked to somebody. Oh really? Like and on the they phone, still wouldn't do and they it. told him, yeah, they told him to shove that's off. That's ridiculous. That's 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 Yahoo. And it was they, literally they, five minutes. He said it was not. It was le- It was some very short amount of time. I don't remember the exact, but right. five, fifteen, half an hour, something like that. After he had bought it and realized, for some reason, it didn't. Like maybe there was an upload limit. There was no. There was some. In, yeah, you weren't. You're not allowed to use it as a CDN. Use it as a CDN. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Which, yeah. believe me, the, yeah, I actually, I for once actually read <laughs> read up on it before I signed up to do that, but I remember having the exact same idea, like, oh, yeah. Well, oh, this is the use case where you push all of your images and then you put it on your site and then it's yeah. not like oh. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, well, this will be great. Oh. I, you know, because I can't tell you how many times I've gotten, <laughs> it's just how I am. I'm like, that's awesome. Click. And you know, go back and read later. Like, oh, <laughs> Yahoo bought Flickr, right? They yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and so, they're just—I mean—they're running that thing to make cash. There hasn't been a big, Im- there have been big improvements in the service. I, I, don't, I, I can't tell that it's no. changed in a so, long time. So they're just milking that thing for as long as they can yeah. do it. Yeah, have they so, made any, I mean, they bought it for a lot of money. Though. They're going to delicious it. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. they bought they bought Zimbra for a hell of a lot of money, and then yeah. look how that I worked understand. out. Took another case. I actually needed to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to have our hacker yeah, can, and Y Combinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can yeah. we can do all, all the callouts yeah. and yeah, yeah. Talk about Pelican. web. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think for for uh, Yahoo though, you got to think. I mean, you, you work for Hewlett Packard. I work for GE, big company. Yeah. If there's not a process for refunds in their accounting system, people don't know what to do. Yeah. Sorry. I have I don't have the button. I have no idea how to do that. Yeah, That's you only what happened. You don't look so high. I have no idea. Well, I don't even know who to refer your call to because I don't know. I don't even know what Flickr is. <laughs> sitting in Kansas right now. Yeah, that's true. It could just be stupid red tape bureauc- bureaucracy. Not even stuff. that. They just don't have the yeah. accounting system in place to be able to charge it back. Well, that's the that's the natural cycle of things. Uh, now, Smugbug probably picked up God knows how much business for yeah 
people who didn't want to give Flickr. I honestly didn't know you, there was a pro Flickr account. I thought that's what Smug Mug's business I, was. I paid for it <laughs> once because we wanted to share pictures from our wedding, and I, you know, there was no other unless yes. I wanted to host my own site. And yeah, I just we, said screw it. We have a we have a pro account. <clears throat> Kid pictures. Yeah. Want to deal with limits? I don't remember what the there was one. I can't remember. There's one thing about it where you're like, okay, I'll pay twenty five dollars a year. It's very reasonable. Yeah, yeah. twenty five is not that bad. I, for a year, yeah. I don't have a pro account now, but I had a pro account because I uploaded a bunch of photos. Then the year went by and it folded. I won't open up another pro account until I have another batch of photos. <laughs> oh, you can keep the photos there. It's just yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, just the upload. The, yeah, yeah. Nice. you can you can upload a certain number. There's like a megabyte limit. I see. And if you get the pro account, I gotcha. It grows to some gargantuan number. Right. <clears throat> so let me go go through my backlog here. Uh, <laughs> 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 the ones that you don't like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> well, you can edit it out later. No, no, we can, we can. This is this is where people can go to the bathroom and listen yeah. to us or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I actually uh, on on the Foundercast podcast, we had a discussion of why we were doing the businesses that we were doing. You know, what motivates us? And I was, I was. I hadn't thought about it and verbalized it to the extent that I did on that podcast, and so I was really surprised at the answer that I gave, where, 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 where the two that I think we started with were, uh, is it for the money or is it for the, um, to just to be your own boss? <clears throat> and I ended up saying, I don't even know if that podcast is out yet, is it? I think it's out, yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe not be. Um, one behind. Uh and yeah, it's the whole. There was somebody who did a big blog post about. Yeah, it's a VC. It's a Fred Wilson, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Flatiron, I think. See a Flatiron. Yeah, it was called uh, to be uh, Richard to be King. Yeah. Basically, Once. when you start a venture back company, mm-hmm. well, if you do the venture back, you better be wanting to be rich because you're not going to be king. You're right. going to get kicked out. You're either going <laughs> to be kicked out or you're going to be demoted into like yeah. a. You know, technical director or CTO, director of lucky. special projects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the company gets to a level, but you know, <clears throat> a little bit of a big thing. You know, if you do it for the money, you're going to get like a lot more money that way. Yeah. Do go small, you'd be happier if you're going for the money. That was actually based on the, the work of I forget the guy's name, but he was at the business software conference last year. He was a uh, I think a professor at the Harvard Business School. He has a whole blog. Where he's been collecting data about that, mm-hmm. like he's been trying to analyze that whole concept, the rich and king concept, and figuring out. He has this metric for startup um, stability, like so a, a decision that you could make either one way or the other, and how how does it affect the how long the startup lasts now? So the mm-hmm. the the, met, the metric is the startup lasts now thirty years, or like or it goes in, out of business in six weeks, and so he has all these things like decisions huh. to make, like. Are you going to be a single founder company or a multi founder company? If you're a multi founder company, are you friends or strangers? If you're a multi founder company, are you equal share or disproportionate share? If you know, do you you know? And basically, all these things. And then he he's been um, interviewing startups for years, collecting this data and collecting these metrics. And then he kind of came up with this whole idea: like there seems to be two stable tracks: the track where you make all your decisions to be rich or that's track where you make all your decisions to be king and it was the problems were when you couldn't decide between them and you like dithered on taking VC but then 
you know, but you wanted to maintain control of the board, but then you took some money and then like, you know, like, and it was, yeah. it wasn't really yeah. clear what you were trying to do. <laughs> but if you chose like one track where you're like, you're doing everything to maintain control that was stable, or you took out another track where you did, you didn't care about maintaining control. All you did was care about making the, the pie gigantic and you keeping some piece of that pie. Then that was stable. And it was kind of interesting. And there's a whole bunch, you know, it's a whole bunch, I don't know the site, but if you look up Rich King, Rich versus King for startups, you'll find that. And apparently, like he, there's a class at Harvard where where he goes through this. But so I only saw like an hour talk of it. But it's pretty interesting. Oh, and and so the reason I brought this up was that my answer to that question, um, which I hadn't read the the material ahead of time, so I didn't understand exactly what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I sort of said neither. That I do what uh -oh. I do. Uh oh, oh, oh that's right. So, 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 quick, 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 change your mind. Pick one. Pick one. Get out of here for the lights go off. I'm seeing your business. So, so within that, within within that framework, I've definitely taken the king route. <laughs> yeah, but, definitely. But <laughs> yeah, where is everybody else? Yeah, just for reference, he's on a throne right now. None, none of us work here. A couple of women behind him, fanning him with big palm leaves. <laughs> so, right. We need to do a video podcast. <laughs> yeah. Much more interesting. So, aside from that, I said, well, neither. What the reason why I do what I do is to uh, produce something that has, you know, lasting, meaningful, productive value in the world that has, uh, you know, has has some positive impact, um, which, based on what I know, our products are used for. I feel that that's the case. And so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about, I mean, you guys aren't founders of companies, but thinking about why other people choose to do what they do, assuming they've chosen to do what they do, and thinking about you know people who spend their time working on open source projects, which is an incredibly, uh, you know, that's tilting at windmills compared to what society's normal yeah. uh, standards for, you know, being satisfied with one's living are. And so I just wondered, what you, why you guys do what you do? Why you be, why you chose to become developers? Why, whatever? Why you're trying to start a company? Oh boy, this was a no, no, no. It's actually this is actually a topic I've been thinking about a lot because um, how come we're not all gentlemen farmers for coming out loud, you know, or whatever? Well, they come from a long line of farmers on both sides. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. That's <laughs> why. yeah, my great. Yeah, I, I was the first generation to gr not grow up on a farm. And I went back in the summers. All my cousins live on farms, and it sucks. Yeah. All this romantic crap, especially <laughs> the valley here in the Western Mass. Oh, it's local farm farming. Yeah, it's hard, freaking work that doesn't pay anything. So I'm that's why I'm not a farmer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm two generations away from farmers. Yeah. Well, my yeah, they couldn't wait to. to you guys realized that was metaphorical, right? right yes. I know. <laughs> I just thought you were talking Actually, I've been thinking about that lately because reading all this stuff about you know how great the Victorian great era was, <laughs> or even <laughs> just like there's like a farming. You used to go to the hospital and they're like, "Hey, you could die in that room." <laughs> you know, I mean, it wasn't all great. And the world is getting better. Yes. Not everyone wanted to be on a farm, and a lot of people are glad they're not on there. Yeah, a lot of folks tend to. It's just kind of like a romanticization of the uh, the working class, and, uh, and I, I'm certainly not someone to look down my nose on that. My, like, I come working, you know, pretty blue collar background, but um, it 
I, you know, I, I think to myself, there's some days where I'm like, you know, I've been thinking really hard all day. I'm like, oh, I kind of just wish I was painting houses. I can just picture my saying that to my dad and him just wanting to punch me in the face. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just like, what? You know, you're doing so much better. Um, I, I, you know, I've been thinking about, like, you know, I'm not a startup guy. I don't see myself looking to start a company. But, um, you know, just thinking about what I do, like, you know, because the work I do right now, um, it's a great company. I'm well taken care of. But, it, you know, it's it's pretty repetitive. It's, you know, it's the same things over and over. And, you know, and, you know, just looking for ways, like, okay, well, where am I going to get? Because, you know, I am I think everyone in this room, we're pretty, like, I think almost everyone. Yeah, we all, like, we'd all be doing this on the side if we weren't. If we had to go, go stock shelves tomorrow or paint houses, we'd be coding at night. And a lot of us do anyways, even though we're doing it all day. Um, you know, where do you get, like, where are you getting the real, that fun programming bit that, like, like you got when you were young and you were just hacking away because you had to. And, you know, looking for ways, you know, I've been thinking about it differently, like separating it out, like, like okay, you know, work is work and it can be fun sometimes and sometimes it's not. Um, but looking for other outlets for that, you know, creative side where I don't have to worry about, you know, client demands or what servers their stuff is. I do pretty much web stuff. That's what I get paid to do. Um, so, yeah, you know, I've been, partic- you know, small open source projects here and there and I've been thinking, you know, I've been getting into Mac development and mostly just for myself and, you know, if I may charge for stuff I'm doing someday I may just go more open source but kind of, you know, just branching it. Like, you know, this is for (laughs) this is for pay, this is for fun, and kind of just splitting it. And, you know, and I, I think some people will tell you, like, well, if you're not having fun with your, you know, day job, oh, get out. And it's just little, like... Yeah, do what you love. If you don't love it, you're doing I, something I, I, wrong. It, it, it's not enough to eat and have, have a roof over your head when the rain comes. But the, the thing is, it's like, that makes <laughs> it sound like I hate my job. I love my job. Well, bo- yeah, both bad. But, 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 but it's just... You it's can't the, love your job all the time. Yeah. It's your job. Exactly. That's what I call it work. Yeah, right. exactly. It. Otherwise, it would just be, yeah, just it would yeah, be like explicitly. a hobby. And I, I think I, I, like a lot of people, got caught up in that idea, like, well, no, you know, I, I should be having fun at my job all the time. And if I'm not, I'm in the wrong job. And no, I agree. You I've done a lot of soul searching about that as, yeah, over the last yeah. couple of years. As long as you enjoy it a, a good amount of the time, yeah. or some of the time, yeah. or you find it stimulating, I think yeah. that's, I I think think that's about, reasonable. It's all about fun, but yeah. fulfilled. No. Yeah. yeah. Your growth. Content. Yeah. yeah. I think it's okay to be content. Yeah. I don't think any of us got into programming for money, right? I mean, there was a little bubble in the yeah. in the nine, late nineties where people got, you know, yeah, yeah, programming uh, made money. My right. dad was a my dad. Yeah, my dad is an engineer. Was a, was a, he designed. Was stuff. a pro. He really was like a programmer. I, I, I actually was. I played an architect. And I, <laughs> I did too. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was not a developer. He was not a systems architect. He, he yeah. uh, you know, he worked with, he worked on billing systems and uh, okay. things like yeah. that. So That's he, programming. I, yeah, no, it's definitely programming. But I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't say, you know, well, I'm, you know, I'm a systems architect. He, he really didn't. He didn't work with, you know. I think, I think all the like really good, great programmers I've met, it's not something. Like they chose to do, it's they chose them. You know, you just you just kind of fall into. You're playing around and you just do it. You never said, "I'd like to be a programmer." It, yeah, it, 
I mean, it, it just it, for me, it's very much like, oh, this is a job too. Yeah, you can do this for 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 work. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I just have to step back, like, yeah. you know, like, like, because you know, I'll be thinking about this, yeah. these things, like, you know, especially before. I mean, and 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 I always have to step back, like, they're paying me the right. <laughs> I would do this anyway. Yeah. I mean, it was it was the only thing that I could could do and knew how to do really well that I knew people would pay me for. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I. I went to a wacky school and learned a bunch of stuff, but nothing that was, you know, could be... You went to, like, the like high-tier, one of the wackiest schools in the country, right? Yeah. Like Clark. <laughs> no, right. the wackiest Evergreen State, I think. Right? Yeah, it's, it's up there. You know, oh, come on. Yeah, I've never heard of Evergreen. Yeah, you, never got, heard of you got Clark and Hampshire. And well, no, I see, so, so, I mean, I went to Hampshire, which is a great school for what it is, but it's not, you know career preparation. It's the furthest thing from career preparation. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing about it was that I got to first semester neural networks. Bam. Like that. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, that's that's hardcore it's cut into shit the for the for first semester right out of high school. Yeah. Oh, here's neural networks. How you doing? Um, and so, that was an experience, but, you know, and, and I dropped out to start this company because I'm you already knew neural networks, so what, yeah. <laughs> what else can they teach me? Yeah, put that right to yeah. But, uh, but I mean, you know, what would I do if I didn't do this? Uh, yeah. the, I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm a math idiot fundamentally, and yeah, you say that, but yeah, it's not true. No, yeah. don't believe him, folks. <laughs> it's, he needs to know. He knows. He knows pretty well. Yeah, you wouldn't believe the. Man, years I've spent trying to relearn the same things over and over because I can't but, retain shit. But I, I've always, I, I've, since I've known you, you've got that thing that I've known from people like who say who say didn't go to college. You went to college, but you don't have like that super formal. Yeah, he went to Hampshire. CS degree. Somehow <laughs> dodge this one. <laughs> but it, but it, like it just like I've met a lot. Some of the most well-read people I know are people who didn't go to college because they assume like because I went to college. I must have read all these books. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they're like, it's like you you have a CS degree, so you you must know way more math than I do. And it's like, mm. <laughs> I I don't have anything to say. That. Yeah, that's just my theory. <laughs> yeah, I tried to do other things when I went to college. I did not take I didn't take any computer courses. I was doing psychology, and my plan was to then minor in philosophy. That's what I was going to do, and. Um, be a lawyer. I, no, well, I hadn't thought that far because yeah. I went to I, I went, went to a Catholic school where they were like, "Do what you love and be passionate about." And mm-hmm. I found these subjects really interesting. Right. But um, in that field, I would always be I would always be average to mediocre. I'm not like the greatest program in the world, but at my job, you know, people ask me questions because I'm one of the smartest people in the building. You own that house, man. And I think <laughs> <laughs> I think if I I think if I did something else. You know, I, I I would not I would not reach that 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 level of competency. I'm just not that good at these other things. That's 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 one of the things that I that I think I could do. I mean, I I I probably took enough classes to qualify for at least a minor in, in philosophy. Although I was doing stuff like epistemology and theory of mind, but whatever. But like going to uh, get a law degree and be a lawyer, I could see doing that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. Actually. I almost did that. I, really, yeah. I took the LSATs. Yeah, I, I thought. Well, I, I graduated right in the middle of a recession, '92. So I, there weren't. I had lots of friends who had started looking for jobs really early on and weren't finding things. And yeah, I wasn't really sure what was going like what the world was going to be out there. And so I, I, I was like, let me, you know, look into something else. And so I took the LSATs and 
you know, started down the route. I mean, if you're an engineer, like one thing that you can do is become a patent lawyer right. because yeah. you, know, you need an engineering background. And so I kind of looked into it, um, t- took some steps, and then decided to take the summer off. <laughs> and then when I came back, I got a job. It wasn't that bad. But it turned, <laughs> turned out not to be that bad. But, right. you know, it seemed pretty scary. You know, wow, no one's getting jobs. Everyone's going to grad school, you know. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Really do. yeah. I presume it's something like that now, you know. But yeah. yeah, I went to I graduated in '92 too, yeah. but I already had planned to go to grad school. So right, there you go. Big deal. It was still in '94, wasn't that great? Yeah, I didn't realize that because I got a job right out of grad school. Right. And then these go. other people are interviewing. It was at a defense contractor, and they're like, "I've been interviewing everywhere." Yeah. And this one guy just completely desperate. Yeah. He's mm. probably my age now. He was almost forty and mm. been laid off from uh, Sikorsky in Connecticut. Yep. Mm. He was traveling the country trying to find a job. <laughs> wow. Landed in Chicago because he just had those niche skills that yeah he's like working on. It was funny too because flight control a, systems for some yeah. Well, there's a very small community like the the defense contractor I worked in. I was the only one that didn't have a clearance. Everybody else had worked in the '80s, with you know during crazy money Reagan times, and they all had clearances and they all worked on this really cool stuff. And they would talk about it a little bit, and then I would walk in the room and they'd stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like uh, FLIR, like forward-looking infrared radar, like. One guy actually did most of the software for it. That's what, so it goes on top of Apaches, and they can see out like 30 miles. It's like this super cool mirror they put they project. You know, it's really wild stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So he worked on. Uh, in so does that mean the feds are going to bust down my door when I put? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know the weird thing. I always I tell this story. The, the weirdest thing, and I told this to. Um, what was it? Some guy that I met that was in actual uh, military, like security, and he was like, "Yeah, it makes complete sense." I worked on. Uh, I did. I did a patch for the B two bomber. It was a simple patch where they kept. What you did? Yeah. Oh. A, a computer patch, not like a patch on a, on a wing or something. <laughs> they kept everything in engineering unit. So we were working at well, the stuff we worked on was um, black boxes. That's what our company built. Uh, black boxes to record the data, data recorders. And uh, everything's stored in engineering units because it's, you know, zero to 65,000. And there's a translation table for the reports, right? So I had to do a patch on the translation table for the report stuff. And I'm looking at this patch, looking at these numbers, and I go to my boss and I say, I'm looking at the max altitude. I mean, this is the altitude, right? So this is the engineering units. Here's the multiplier. So if I multiply these two things together, that's a secret, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he said, yep, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, but then apart, I could know the multiplier. I could know the maximum it would record in the counter. Wow. But you can't know the two things when they multiply together because then you would know the max altitude. Wow. Too long. I thought for sure we were going to get a story about meters versus feet or something like that. So yeah. You have your math background, Chad. You could totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> about Although the guy from Sikorsky, he worked on... Uh, early GPS systems and he was talking about he was if you, you read it in the ACM there was all these wacky things when they first did hmm. uh, GPS stuff and he was part of the I think it was F-14s in the first flight first trial flight and they crossed the equator and the, the F-14 flipped it was on autopilot <laughs> it flipped <laughs> it flipped that's what he worked on for, oh because it oh, yeah, yeah okay. it thought yeah. crossed the horizon and right. they thought it needed to turn <laughs> upside down to get right side up yeah so <laughs> it took me a minute. It's wild stuff. Wow. Well, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. They, you, you really, uh, 
was you were thinking about philosophy as well? I was reading uh, more of these uh, closure posts that Rich Hickey is writing about mm-hmm. the the, uh, time the effect the of time on your mm-hmm. on your application code and right. uh, the debate almost seems metaphysical in that he's talking about well you know do you measure time as like this discrete this discrete thing that happens in yep. in series or is it something continuous? Would you just sample? Mm. Um, and then the argument. Uh, was it uh, Levi Strauss died yesterday? That also was making me think of uh, structuralism versus post-structuralism. And in programming languages, you know, where would where would that fall? Who's a structuralist? You know, clearly, if you're a Java developer, you're you're very structural. <laughs> you're into sh- you're the structure. You the structure. You need the structure to know what a program could be. Whereas if you are in one of these more functional languages like F sharp or Closure or List, it's it's almost it's almost post structural in that you you need to define the structure that your program inhabits. I don't know. I thought Sweet. that was nice. Philosophy engineering, I should give you. Is that so? Yeah. I see. I, I was wondering if somebody was. Yeah. Somebody gave it to me for I think a grad school present. Man, my house just blew all of our minds. Yeah. <laughs> So like, so like factors, uh, uh, existentialism or something like that. <laughs> or uh, brain. Can brain I say fuck. that? <laughs> uh, I was gonna say brain. Brain fuck would be like, uh, yeah, maybe like uh, an uh, anarchist existentialism. Dada. Yeah, where it's designed, it's designed to, to be unintelligible and to you know make your life difficult to to, to work with. You were worried about saying brain fuck on the podcast. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I definitely was worried. For a moment there, I was like, "Ooh, I don't want to ruin it for everybody." I so. mean, we would we would lose a lot of listenership if we didn't have the explicit tag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, goddamn it. Yeah, that'll yeah. be the uh, name of the podcast. What? The goddamn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the motherfucker shot you. Man. Okay, we're uh, so we've been going on for fifty-three minutes now, so I suppose we should wrap it up. Wrap it up, yeah, and we don't have any. Uh, we don't have talk any. for another two hours over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't have any. We don't have any outro. So that's it. Any, Time to give out Twitter. Yeah. Any <laughs> any any closing words? That's it. All right. Take it easy.